Let's get ready to rumble. Welcome back, Point of No Returners. I'm Amanda Washington. And I'm Michelle Graham. Ah, this is the Point of No Return podcast, where we talk about murder, mystery, mayhem, and everything in between. Welcome to the Point of No Return. So on today's episode... Real theatrical. <laughs> on today's episode, we are going to be talking about not necessarily murder, um, but missing children. Maybe this is a niche for me. I love a little missing children's case, don't I? Yeah, you do. And you should not be proud of that. You need to calm down your excitement. Well, I'm not excited about it. I think it's just because I love children so much. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So yeah, you definitely. if y'all don't know, I'm an educator by um, by trade. So I think that also plays into my little journalistic background as well. I just love to educate people on different things. Like I'm educating y'all now about murder. So <laughs> today's <Period>. story... <laughs> takes place get out your pens yeah get out your notepads take some notes period <laughs> we a couple we a couple of drinks in yeah 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 i just had a great espresso martini that i made at home if y'all need the recipe you know dm us and i'll let you know it was really really good you can make it at home you don't have to go to um you know a restaurant or a bar to make an espresso martini you can make it right at home now she promoting herself and her recipes you finished it already girl <laughs> <laughs> First of all, this is a ghetto girl. This is a ghetto girl. Did y'all hear that? The, the, if y'all don't get to see footage from this, I want y'all to know this woman just drank a nice espresso martini out of a red solo cup over some ice. That's who y'all listening to. And I did. And it was good. Okay. So today's story takes place in Montgomery County, Maryland. And it is about a father and a mother whose children go missing. So, the dad's name is Troy Turner. Troy Turner is a dad living in Germantown, Maryland, um, slash Clarksburg, Maryland. I got both cities um, in my research and in my reports. And I can see how they can get confused because Germantown and Clarksburg are back-to-back cities. So, um, we're just going to say in western Montgomery County, if you will, is where they lived. So, um, he lived there with his two children as well, excuse me, his three children, as well as his girlfriend, whose name is Catherine Hoggle. So the last time that he saw two of his youngest children was on September 7th, 2014. They were last seen with his girlfriend, Catherine Hoggle, who also eventually went missing for a short period of time. So it seemed like him being able to let his children sleep in after a long night of work actually turned into a huge nightmare for him. So I'm going to give you a little background about Troy and Catherine, the parents, prior to um, their two youngest children disappearing. And it'll be brief. And then we're going to hop right into the timeline because the timeline is is really where the meat and potatoes of this story um, are. So before the disappearance, Troy and Catherine, like I said, were the parents of Jacob Hoggle, who is two years old, Sarah Hoggle, who is three, and then they had one additional child who was five. Okay. So remember I said the two youngest children go missing. So that would be Jacob and Sarah who actually end up go, um, going missing in this story. So on September um, 7, 2014, Troy actually left his kids in the care of his girlfriend, Catherine, and her mother at the mother's home in Gaithersburg, Maryland around 2.30 p.m. So um, he sold, um, not renter's insurance. What's the word I'm looking for? Like 
Life insurance? No, like timeshares and stuff. Like he sold that okay. kind of stuff. So okay. he worked the night shift. Um, and so normally he would go to work at about like 2.30, 3 o'clock and he wouldn't get off until almost midnight. So naturally, by the time he got home most days, um, his children were already asleep in the bed. So the reason that the kids were at Catherine's mother's house and that he dropped them all off over there before going to work is because legally Catherine could not watch their children by herself. Why legally? So legally, she had a diagnosis of schizoaffective disorder, which is basically um, a branch of schizophrenia. So... I'm not saying that people with mental health disorders don't deserve love, but I'm just like, I, I'm not picturing why you would want to have three children with a schizophrenic person. Also question. Yeah. Can you, can you, do you know how this differs from schizophrenia? Um, Her condition? Yes. Like so what makes the difference? I had, um, where is A? I had wrote some stuff down. I'm about to, I, I'll tell you, give me one second. Okay. So it's basically a combination of a lot of schizophrenia symptoms. So it's like hallucinations or delusions. It's a mood disorder symptom, depression, mania. They also kind of gave it um, like a depressive type of thing as well. So um, almost like like bipolar depression is another um, like type of symptom of this. And so it said one of the biggest things that trigger schizoaffective disorder is really like childhood trauma um stressful life events or just straight up like brain chemistry okay and all of his three kids are by Catherine. correct so she couldn't watch her own kids correct under this condition okay that that is correct so maybe that's why he never married her that was just his girlfriend right yeah and then also another interesting thing to me and i'm like this, this could be a point of nothing, but you know, normally when folks aren't married, even if the dad, if the dad is still around, like the kids are going to have the dad's last name, you know, like they, they all had Hoggle last names, which is Catherine's last name. Um, none of them had the last name Turner, which is his last name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that is interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's just a, a random tidbit. But um, this was a direct quote from him um, per Bethesda magazine that he said about his kids before he left. So he said they were watching TV and playing with wooden blocks. That was his recollection of what was going on before he left. The last thing I did was hug them, kiss them and tell them I love them and that daddy can't wait to get home to see them. This was his last time seeing his two youngest children, Sarah, who's age three and Jacob, who's age two. So let's talk the timeline. So on the evening of Sunday, September 7th, remember, that's the last time that Troy saw his kids. Um, He actually took, like I said, he took Catherine and all three of their children over to Catherine's mother's house, mother's, Catherine's mother's house in Gaithersburg. Mm -hmm. So Troy left and he went to work when he left and went to work. And see, this is why parents sometimes really be kids downfall. And like, they can be very negligent because they coddle their children too much or just let them get away with shit. So Troy left. Remember I said legally, they could not be alone with their own mother. Right? Mm -hmm. So Troy left. Catherine, who was the mother, she told her dad that, um, oh, I'm just going to take Jacob 
the the son out for some pizza and we'll be right back and wait so she was gonna leave the other two kids at the crib she did leave the other two kids at the crib so what did the dad do when she did this i know he he, he was thrown right he let her do it what do you mean so she so she told her dad i'm gonna take jacob out for pizza and he knew that the other two kids were still at the house yes he was but he was there and so was her mother Oh, okay, okay. So okay. they That's had, the they had I didn't know that they care. had arrived. Yeah, they had childcare. So they arrived. But okay. it's like she's not supposed to be alone with them. So why would you No. Anyway, not only was she not allowed to be alone with them, she also was not allowed to drive a vehicle because she had unstable behavior. So these were two big activities that she normally never did, and they let her do it anyways. Yes. So her father, whose name is Randy. Randy allowed her to go out with Jacob, take him to get this alleged pizza. And so then she returns back to the house. When she returns back to the house, she does not have Jacob with her. So Randy asks, you know, well, where'd Jacob go? I haven't, I haven't seen her. I mean, I haven't seen him. And mind you, she took three hours to do this. Okay. Mm-hmm. She tells Randy, her dad, that Jacob actually went to a play date instead. That she dropped him off at a play She date. said she dropped him off at a play date. Okay. So, again, she lives with her boyfriend, Troy, and they live in Clarksburg, Maryland. Like I said, that's that's mm-hmm. where they reside. But remember, Troy took them over to the mother's house because he needed childcare because the kids could not be alone with their own mother. So, mm-hmm. later on that night, Randy, the daddy, he takes them to their house in, in Clarksburg, Maryland. He gives them a ride there, still without Jacob, who's still at this alleged play date. Hold on, so, no. Randy ain't checking with Troy like, hey, drop the kids and Catherine off. Jacob, no, Jacob not there. Jacob's still at his play date. Just make sure that he makes it home. Like, I'm confused. And it's like, does Randy, do they stay so they can pass off to Troy? Like, okay, we wait till Troy gets home and then, you know, whoop, whoop. Like, yeah. Well, Randy spent the night there. So Randy was there. Randy was there. And he even Jacob more reason was not there. Even more reason why he should have checked in. Like, okay. Yeah, negligent just all around. So, also, when Troy got home, Catherine was outside chilling in the parking lot. He's like, okay, what's up? And she was like, oh, I was waiting for you to get home. Um, I just wanted to run to the store real quick to get a soda. So, he's like, okay. So, the dad was still inside. So, he felt okay with it. So, he took her to go get the soda. And then, you know, they um they came went to home. bed. Yeah, they came mm-hmm. home and went to bed. So the next morning, their oldest son, the five-year-old, wakes Troy up and he's like, hey, daddy, I don't know where Sarah and Jacob are. They're not in their rooms. Nothing is going on. So now Troy's panicking. So, so by this time, Sarah's gone too. Sarah, Sarah made it back too. to the Sarah made it back to the crib when Randy dropped Catherine. Yes. And so all the- when they were in the car, it was Randy, Catherine's father, Catherine, the mother, Sarah, the little girl, and the five-year-old son. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jacob was at the alleged play date. So right. at this point, Sarah was still with them. But by the time Troy woke up the next morning, now Sarah's gone. Sarah is also gone. And he don't so, even know Jacob was gone the whole time. Correct. So now both kids are gone. So Troy's like looking all over the house. He doesn't find them. Not only are Sarah and Jacob missing, but Catherine is missing as well. Because <laughs> she took Sarah somewhere. So in the middle of the night, she took Sarah and went somewhere. Yes. So you know he still has to care for his five-year-old son so he's like i don't want to i don't want to alarm him i'm not gonna panic 
to let me hurry up, get him dressed and send him off to school. And then I'm going to do a little bit more of a thorough search and figure out Mm -hmm. what's going on. So he gets into the bus stop. He gets the five-year-old to school. And so he's off. He knows that he's safe. He's in the hands, you know, of of the school folks. And that's probably the only reason why he alive today. Probably so. So... As he's searching for the kids or whatever, he's also looking like, where's Catherine? What's going on? So Catherine actually returns. And this is when he figures out that Catherine not only took the kid, Sarah, or kids, she also took his car. (laughs) Okay. So Troy asks, like, where is Sarah and Jacob? They haven't been in their room. And they're not, I mean, they could be going to preschool or something, but they're not old enough to be going to like elementary school. So he knows, like, where are they? I don't see them. So she ends up telling him that she tried out a new daycare and that, you know, these kids were at daycare. First of all, here's how you know he messing with a white woman. I'm sorry. Y'all know we love to talk about (laughs) black people mannerism and conversation on here. If that was a black woman walking back through that door, that black man would have been like, what did you do with my kids? Period. Not asking her, where where are the kids? <laughs> la di da di da, doop doop doop. No, or uh, even being okay with moving on with your day after you figured out, like, oh, my kids are at a new daycare. We didn't talk about this daycare. Wait, he moved on with his day. So here's the thing. I, I think he was worried. Know. This I is a movie he, plot, girl. It, it's literally it's 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 for real some TV shit. So. She's like, they're at daycare. They'll be fine. I found a new daycare. But, you know, I have, like, a medical appointment to go to. So can you take me to my appointment? So she takes him. I mean, he takes her to her appointment. But I'm like, at this point, you might as well take it yourself. You drove the kids to the new daycare. Since you're just so competent to drive now. No, also, Troy, drive her to the police station. Okay? Because, one, <laughs> she's committing crimes. This is now the second day in a row she's done some stuff. I want to know. So clearly, Randy didn't tell Randy Troy didn't the day before that he they, they let her drive the car to take Jacob to get pizza. At all. Which means this is not the first time she did that with her parents. That yeah. this means with her parents, she takes the kids to do stuff all the time or leaves in the car all the time to go mm-hmm. do stuff. And Troy because has it wasn't no idea. It wasn't out of the ordinary to them, and it didn't alarm them enough to even tell Troy that Jacob didn't return. Yep. Even though that's probably the first time Jacob didn't return. So after her appointment, he goes to pick her up and he's like, okay, take me to where the kids are because we need to get them. Because I think he, I think he's figuring out at this point she's on bullshit. But he's trying not to alarm her because of her condition. Correct. So he's like, okay, take me to where the kids are. So honey, he, she leads him on a wild goose chase for like three hours. Going to this place, going to that place. Talking about she can't remember where the daycare is. He's calling around to local daycares. These people are like, we don't know what you're talking about, sir. All of this other stuff. So literally she made up a whole daycare center. So finally, when he realizes that she's on BS, he's like, finally, okay, cool. (laughs) We're going to the police station. Yeah. So she goes, and you know where this, where this is. So remember when we went to that, um, senior tequila, that Spanish restaurant that night? Yes. Up in Germantown, you know, that Chick-fil-A that's across the street. Oh yeah. The, The police station right there. It's a police station over there. Girl, I did not know. You should have took me to see it. So, um, as they're Ooh. going to the police station. I just got, you got chills. chills. You, know, you, you know you'd be walking around these streets and you're like, damn, it'd be murderers and kidnappers and criminals walking around these same streets in these same parts. Because yep. we had, and we had Hayden when we were there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm just thinking about her being small, being one. I'm just like, oh. What? The youngest was two? Two and three? 
two and three. No way. So she sees the Chick-fil-A like across the street from where the the um, police station is. So she tells him like, oh, you know, basically, can I go get a drink or a quick snack really quick? Our kids are missing. And you're thinking about snacking? Troy is still too nice because he takes her Chick-fil-A. No, tr- it's something between that woman's legs <laughs> that got him hypnotized. Because <laughs> ain't no way. He, he, he takes give a her damn to Chick-fil-A. What condition she was in? <laughs> you said how could you 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 said some earlier how could you uh have children with someone you know that was that was that mentally ill he, he yeah he seemed like he not all there too right he, he was, was having like, a jolly old time in between them legs that's how okay fair enough so he actually goes inside of chick-fil-a with her and then they walk out but on the way to the car i don't know if she said she needed a refill or what But she goes back inside and he's like, okay, I'm starting up the car. So mistake number one, while he does that, he ends up sitting there and waiting for her because he's like, well, where'd she go? She slipped out the back door of Chick-fil-A and disappeared. (laughs) Where did she go? So now for the next four days, they are on. Girl, the next how many? Four days. Four days. They're on a wild goose chase of for this woman and they can't find her. So on September 9th, which is two days later, at 4.30 a.m., surveillance cameras actually caught her in the area of 270. <laughs> what was she doing on the highway? No, seriously. And what in what part of the highway? How far was she from the Chick-fil-A? It said Germantown. So she was she was somewhere in, in the area. Um, but But when, I'm like, for four days, did her ass stay in the area? She, she was did, literally she did, because even though they got her on surveillance, they I, I wasn't able to find if they saw the surveillance on the ninth or if this was after, you know, during like discovery of the case and all of that stuff. But she was found, she was saw on surveillance at 4 30 a.m. on September 9th. But she didn't have any kids with her. She was by herself. So finally on September 12th, the police actually locate her and you know, anybody, if you're listening that lives in Germantown, you, you're going to see how close in proximity this is. That woman didn't leave that area because they found her at Century Boulevard and Crystal Rock Drive. Crystal Rock Drive and Century Boulevard to where that Chick-fil-A is, is literally like two streets over. <laughs> so I'm they like, was looking so hard. Doing? They was looking so hard. They said she on a freeway. That means she made it down to motherfucking D.C. Hello. <laughs> they was looking for her in the daytime with a flashlight. Like two streets away, baby girl was sitting. She was sitting in senior frog staring at y'all mm-hmm. hop around like clowns. So then not only was she doing that, the tip came because at this point now, you know, her face has been plastered everywhere. So this woman's boyfriend actually talked to her in that, like on that street and the woman's girlfriend, I mean, the, the, the guy's girlfriend actually called in the tip and was like, oh yeah, my boyfriend just talked to her. She's on the street. There's no kids with her. Come, come arrest her type thing. Period. So she was out there talking to people. She finally gets transported to the police headquarters for questioning. And then, you know, they take her into custody. When they find her, her hair's been cut. And not only was her hair cut, she had a missing persons flyer with her kids on it. Um, may I ask what medication Catherine was on? Um, that, that I never saw disclosed. I'm not sure. Did, did they ever disclose if she was on or off her medication? They did not. 
Yep. So September 13th. No, no further questions. <laughs> no further questions, Your Honor. <laughs> the defense rests. So on September 13th, um, she was transported to jail. So now she's in the jail and she was charged with two counts of child neglect and also obstruction of justice. Mm-hmm. So she told the police um, that she had just been resting in Germantown and kind of walking around. However, she didn't know where Sarah nor Jacob was at the time. She had no clue where her kids were. But she was the last to be with both of them. Did she admit to being the last to being with Sarah? We know she was the last to be to being with Jacob. Like, we have proof of that. But if you want to be realistic, y'all know I got to be, I, I, I got to state the facts. Everybody went to sleep that night. Randy, Troy, Catherine, Sarah, and what's five-year-old baby boy name? I couldn't find his name. So I'm wondering if they were trying to keep him protected. Probably. Probably because the other two kids are unfindable now. Yeah. The five-year-old. I knew I was interpreting the five-year-old. Not unfindable instead of missing. <laughs> I mean, if you really think about it, missing and unfindable. <laughs> I mean, it's the same family. Fair enough. I'm saying they were all, there were plenty of people in the home, even though Catherine woke up gone. I don't know. I feel like you can still prove she's the one who did something to Sarah, but neither yeah. here nor there. There are a lot of things that could have happened to Sarah. It was very apparent. She dropped Jacob off some more. So it said that the police used cadaver dogs and they searched a total of about 30 areas between Clarksburg and Darnstown slash Gaithersburg, Maryland to see if they could find these kids, but they found no evidence at all of them, right? So now this is a public investigation. So when she finally goes to jail, girl, guess how much her bond was? A million dollars. <laughs> they was like yeah you're not getting out of there you're right? not getting it out <laughs> and they said you're a flight risk you're, you're even though you'd be on foot literally they couldn't find her two blocks up i'd make her i'd make her shit a meal too like we can't find you on foot definitely can't find you if you try to get on a plane yeah they were like no a milli <laughs> that's it a million dollars a milli a milli a milli so as, <laughs> as you can imagine when she went to jail she never got out good so before I kind of give you the facts on the, the court case and all of that stuff, I'm going to talk about a theory that somebody has. So I stumbled upon a blog that um, Raylane, I believe is the pronunciation, Turner. So Raylane Turner is Troy's sister. So her best friend has a blog site and she interviewed, the best friend interviewed Raylane, who is Troy's sister. And she gave her account of what she thought happened and all of that other stuff. So this is what Raylaine said. This was her direct quotes. If I'm stepping back and looking outside of my family, then I would say, I think she murdered them. Just looking at the case, her actions and the things she said, we all had major concerns about how Catherine interacted with the kids and CPS was already involved at one time as members of the family had seen Catherine dis display unstable behavior towards the kids. So remember, I said she couldn't be alone with them. So CPS, again, like we just read, was already kind of in the midst of everything. Yeah, I assume CPS or child services. Isn't CPS child services? No, they different. Yeah, child protective child services. Child protective services. Yeah, that's correct. I assume they had to be involved because even though she got diagnosed with that condition, a regular doctor can't tell her that. Like, you yeah. gotta stay away from your kids. CPS had to be involved. Period. So then she said, but then again, I have hope and I hope that she gave the kids to someone that or that they would be found like other children that have gone missing and be returned to her home to us and my brother 
but even her mom, I was reading um, on Washington Post in an old article, her mom was like, oh, she would never do anything to hurt her kids. If anything, she thought that this world was evil and she gave her kids away to somebody where they could be safe. And what's somebody? But my thing is, even if she thought they weren't safe in her in her custody, they didn't. Y'all, you grandma is unsafe too. Like, because well, I'm like we yeah, see I this didn't... happen all the time. People giving their kids to, to to their parents when you know they need a little help or whatever. I understand that. There's nothing wrong with that. But she didn't even think of y'all. She gave it to strangers, and that's your explanation, grandma. And grandma, you just said you're a terrible person because she didn't bring the kids to you. So you you saying she believed that them being with the stranger was safer than being with you, the person who watches them every day? That's bizarre. That's why I was like, okay, all right. Mama's they're in denial. It sounds like they're all very in denial. Yep. So then her best friend says, tell me about the man with the tattoo on his wrist. Whatever happened to him? The who? So this is the first time I heard of this. I read so many articles about Catherine Hoggle. It wasn't even funny. But this was my first time hearing about the man with the tattoo. So Troy's sister, Raylaine, said that it gave her hope very early on in the case. So I guess this was murmurs either from the police or from witnesses, whatever. Because remember, there mm-hmm. are witnesses in terms of seeing Catherine all she- alone because people saw her walking around the streets of yeah. town. And she was chatting it up, apparently. Yes. So it says there were people at the bus stop the morning that Sarah and Jacob disappeared who witnessed Catherine, who would, excuse me, who witnessed Catherine pacing near Troy's van. Okay. Wait, wait, the people at the bus stop, you're talking about the morning that, okay, backtrack, backtrack. There were people at the bus stop the morning that Sarah and Jacob went missing, but they went missing on different days. So which morning? So I'm assuming the morning that Sarah, Sarah, yes went missing and, and and she was pacing near troy's van troy's van okay okay near the bus stop okay yes. as if she was putting them on the bus or okay. so not necessarily this is what she thinks so here's here's what okay. the people saw inside troy's van they saw a man sitting in the driver's seat with his left arm resting on the door with the window open he had a very prominent tattoo on or around his left wrist witnesses say he had longish blonde hair to this day, we don't know who this man is, why he was sitting in my brother's car, and why Catherine was pacing as if she was nervously waiting for something to happen. So people wonder if she was waiting to grab her eldest child before he got on the bus. Um, and then it says, as he would often walk to the bus stop by himself. However, this time, with- Troy was with him walking to the bus Troy. Stop. Of course he was, bitch. You fucking kidnapped our other two kids, you canto. Are you you're gonna have to cut that out? Are you kidding me? Actually, leave it in there. <laughs> Are you I told you, I told you her ass was gonna come for him. I told you. The only reason why he was safe is not even because we said it because he went to school that day. That's not why. It's literally because Because he walked him to the bus. His dad though. walked him to the bus. And I'm like, normally he don't walk to the bus. So I'm like, Catherine's not dumb. Catherine is not dumb. She's very consciously aware of everything that was going on. She knew all the habits. She knew she could get over on her parents. She knew all of that. Yep. But which also makes me think, when you took Jacob for pizza, why didn't you just take Sarah too? And just carry out your plan that day? Maybe she thought like she no had sense. to do one at a time to make it more believable. I don't know. So did they, they didn't see any shadows of the kids in the backseat? 
I don't believe so. Damn. So, okay, go ahead. Down to the court case. <sighs> and man, this is this is this is much. So for three years, Catherine faced misdemeanor charges and the misdemeanor charges were negligence and obstruction of justice, like I mentioned earlier. However, due to her mental capacity, she didn't go to jail for long. She got transported to a psychiatric hospital. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the charges had a statute of limitations of three years. So that would have been from 2014 to 2017. So they knew that in 2017 that the statute of limitations was up for this misdemeanor and like the trial never being, you know, heard or anything like that. So instead, the prosecutor upped it to murder. Period. He should have. He should have did it from jump. So when they didn't find them kids. Period. That's what I'm thinking. Even if it wasn't going to stick. I think they just didn't want to do it because, you know, they can't charge her twice. Yep. Some other charges didn't stick. They had to go all in. But anyways, go ahead. This is a movie. I'm in it. Okay. So, <laughs> like I said, the prosecutor upgraded it to murder. And um, the thing is, at the time when he upgraded to murder, Catherine never entered a plea um, that the courts, you know, could could use. And so, also, they're still trying to prove her competency competency at the time. So, mm-hmm. her attorney's name is David Felson. And he said that she's in the hospital, but she's innocent. So to this day, this court case has been in limbo for nearly eight years. Are you? I know you fucking playing. Because we're almost at September 7th right now. Okay, so did she ever say where she took the kids? Do we have any testimonies? Do we have any? Did she say anything in the interrogation rooms? Anything of that nature? She just said she doesn't know where they are. But did she say... And then, of course, you know. So when they ask her. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. As the police did their research, they ended up finding out that Jacob never went to a friend's house and, you know, things of that nature. Well, but I'm I'm just wondering also. (laughs) I'm wondering if it's because of her mental capacity. Some of the things they haven't like legally, they probably can't, you know, tell us like as the public because it's not a criminal case. Well, it is a criminal case, but she, you know, has has her whole mental thing going on because also I'm just like. Where's the traffic camera footage when she was driving and left, you know, whatever. Like, she was caught on cam going somewhere. Yeah, y'all caught her on cam on There's 270. So, yeah, I'm like on 270, 355. There's cameras everywhere between Germantown and Clarksburg. Come on now. Y'all have her on a traffic camera going somewhere. Like, I don't know. And I'm not saying that they didn't research this, but I'm like, it's not, it's a dead cat on the line. So I'm not right. Okay. Okay. And what about her phone? They didn't look through her phone. Cause where Mr. Blonde man, rock star. Yeah. Did they find any of his hair in the car? Did they even, did they even inspect Troy's car? Yeah. So I'm like, honestly, we need to find Troy to talk to him. Cause I want to, I want to know what he, what he got to say. Honestly, where the fuck is Catherine Hoggle? I got some words for her as well. She's in just giving, Maryland. It's giving Relisha Rudd's, Rudd's uh, negligence parent. Yeah. She's yeah. at Clifton T. Perkins hospital in Jessup, Maryland. And, and she's not. So right now she being held, she's being held for murder. She's no longer being held for the other charges, right? Correct. She's being held for murder, but she's in a psychiatric hospital. And so for the eight, the last eight years, they literally have been in limbo about if she's competent to stay in trial or not. 
And it take eight years to find that out. If it take eight, eight years to find that out, then she's not. Let's go to trial, though, so we can charge her. So that that's the thing. Because of this Supreme Court case from back in the day, if you're mentally incompetent, you cannot stand trial. Stand trial. So they can't go to trial at all. I'm, I'm an and now the like, statute of limitations is also about to do what? It's about to be up on the right murder out. charge. On the murder charge? Because she hasn't been tried. It's due process. The, okay, they did the murder charge when, though? He didn't do it until almost the three years was up on the other charges, right? Yes, in 2017. But now it's 2022. This one has a five-year statute of limitations. Oh, shit, Catherine. It's your time. But it's it, the, the battle The battle isn't up that, that, that easy. So let me, let me finish this part. So they've gone to judge after judge after judge. The newest judge on this case, this update, y'all, is very fresh as of August 2022. And y'all obviously aren't going to hear this in August of 2022, but we're recording this in August of 2022. So this is like... Fresh, hot off the press information. Okay, okay. like so, had to rewrite the script this morning. Fresh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Judge Richard Jordan, who is actually a judge that they recalled from retirement to oversee this case, so that just tells you like how desperate they are. They call him out of retirement to oversee this case. He said he wasn't comfortable judging whatever this, the next steps were because all he saw was written reports. So he said he has no ability to judge anything because he said all he's doing is going off of a doctor's opinion via words. He needs to talk to Catherine. Mm-hmm. So, so can can he call her? Can he call? Can, she got to come into the. If it's not a courthouse, they can interview her and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he says whether Hoggle was competent, he doesn't know because he's all they're providing, yeah, all they're providing is written facts. So he her says, lawyer, good, whoever he is, yeah, yeah. Cause he's keeping her out of he's keeping her out of even talking to police now. Now that she's in that hospital, mm-hmm. which means also, oh, I cannot stand our justice system. They didn't do what they needed to do when they had her in custody. Cause y'all should have been lighting her ass up. Period. Yep. So he says this is an important point in the process. This is the he, he being the judge. I'm being asked to conclude based on some paper. I don't know the basis of the doctor's conclusions. I would have to make a decision off the top of my head. I'm not doing that. And I said, show you right, judge. Period. So now. So who does that help? Is that we're not adding this? So it it doesn't help either side. It doesn't really help either side. Correct. Because now he needs to talk to Catherine. He very well could say she's not competent or he very well say he very well could also say. Yeah, put her on the stand. Mm-hmm. So again, her defense lawyer, David Felsen, argued back in July of 2022. Not, literally, this is how many people have, this is how many doctors have examined this woman. 19 doctors in a row have found that Catherine was incompetent to stand trial. 90 or 19? 19. 19. So have the prosecution called any doctors? So that's because they can do the question. same thing. Because I'm like, if it's if it's doctors that the defense is hiring, of course they're all saying she's incompetent. Yeah, but also, can the judge, can the court not hire a doctor? Is that I guess a thing? so. I, uh, I I don't know. So the tentative date of the hearing when he's going to talk to Catherine is October seventh. So. Yeah. So the judge has asked both sides to submit possible questions and areas to explore if he is able to speak with her. If he is, what's that mean? If 
And what's the date? What's the date that the murder charge is up? Do December first. Oh, he ain't going till October. So he said he regretfully acknowledged to the courtroom that, you know, yet again, this trial has to be put off. And again, it's been happening for the last eight years. So by law, the state is required within a certain period of time, like we said, to move forward or to dismiss criminal charges against a person who is found unfit to stand trial because they have been detained in the criminal system for any unspecified amount of time. So the statute is running out because they haven't been able to try her. So it says during this period of time in like the waiting period, the defendant has to undergo periodic examinations to determine whether or not they are of sound mind. And if they are, then they should be able to restore, you know, whatever the case is. And then their mental competency is cool. It's good to go. And this is why I'm confused is why aren't they pushing her to go through all of these examinations? Like, what is she doing? So I think she La La is going for eight years. She has been going through, through these examinations, but they keep finding her incompetent. And if they find her incompetent. OK, so they're finding her incompetent. Now it's up to the prosecution to, to drop the charges or not. Does the court not force them to do or that? Or to prove her competency. Yes. So, again, I get it now. Okay. Yeah. Like you said, the prosecutors have until December 1 to prosecute. Or and they on and they on gang with it. They said mm, not giving up. <laughs> yeah. So, however, that doesn't mean that Catherine would be released from the psychiatric ward immediately. Right. So, the state attorney John McCarthy said that Catherine would probably in, be involuntarily committed to a psychiatric facility through whatever the civil proceedings are. Right. So he also said that the state can revive the homicide charges if she were found healthy enough to be released. And so that's the other team. So the charges won't be dropped. They'll be put on ice is essentially. Yes. yes. So does that mean the other three charges? If that, that means she could be revived for all of them or just the homicide charge? I believe just the homicide charges because the other three charges ran out of the statute of limitations. So she can't but I'm be. Saying, go ahead. But if it's. If it's past December 1st and then the homicide charges has ran its course. Oh, I see what you're saying. Try. That's a good question. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, yes, I understand now. Like, if they decide, okay, we're not going to go to trial. Because that moment they decide they're not going to go to trial, they, that, they're not just deciding not to go to trial. They're also deciding if they're going to keep or drop the charges. Mm-hmm. Which at that point, yeah, I'm pretty sure they'll just let it run till December 1st to see. But also after December 1st, what if she walk out and she's like, okay, I'm better. I'm talking. I'm doing this down the third. Like, what's... Our justice system literally doesn't have a process for that, which is fucked to me. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what he's trying to say. Like, either way, she's still not good because she, if she walks out of that that facility talking about she's mentally competent, they're slapping her with the murder charges and she's going to jail, jail. She's not going to, to the to the to the loony bin. She's going to jail. I thought she already got the murder charge, though. She did get the murder charge, but the he's saying because because I guess the statute is different because she's in a psychiatric ward that if all of a sudden she becomes competent, they can read they can read, you know, recharge her. I'm thinking yes. about I'm tripping. I'm thinking about double jeopardy. Double jeopardy is you can't get tried twice Correct. for the same crime, but you can get charged twice. Yes. yes. Okay. Well, yeah, fuck her. Tell them also let that sh- they should have I would have let that shit run out then after the 3 years and see what she do. I guess they thought they were going to get her on murder, but Almost done. Here's the last little tidbit. 
John McCarthy, the prosecutor, he believes that Catherine is actually competent to stand trial. So he said this because he actually used her own words from her psychiatric reports. So in some of her psychiatric reports, he said that she was very just like conscious of the fact that she had three kids. Two of them went up and vanished and went missing and other facts about her life. So he's like, she's competent. She knows what's going on. She's just playing it whenever the doctors get to her, like she's not, you know, competent or whatever. So he said that Hoggle is highly intelligent. She understands the nature of her legal charges that are against her. She understands the workings of the justice system and also has a good grasp on her legal options and possible strategies. And I believe him because honestly, also she was smart enough to slip out of the back of that Chick-fil-A. She was also smart enough to split up you know, even I said, why didn't she just take him at the same time? I'm saying that from the lens of somebody who's not mentally stable. They're just going to go on with their plan and blow it up. I'm mm-hmm. like, the fact that she carried out her plan and didn't blow it up over 24 hours, that she slipped out with Jacob, did what she did, and then took Sarah in the middle of the night and then came back and had a plan of action of, oh, I took my kids to this, that, and the third. Even her lying, is that not proof that she's competent? Lying is not a mental illness. Lying takes a skill. So the fact that she even lied about taking them to a new daycare center... And all, all I, where Randy at? I want to slap him upside his head because while she was over there saying she took them to the, a new daycare center, you spent the night. Where was you at to say, oh, no, she took Jacob for pizza yesterday and he never came back because he went to a play date. Yeah. And also, how did you even lay your stupid ass head on that couch and go to sleep when you knew Jacob wasn't back yet? It was late enough for you to fall asleep. You don't think of a, a, a toddler was supposed to be in bed at that time as well? Maybe when she when she kicked the, the play date idea, maybe she said it was a sleepover. I don't know. But then again, it's like, well, you didn't take no clothes. I don't even give a damn. Yes. And then also, okay, I'd have been like, again, going back to the black family. You took them to a new daycare before they reached home and changed clothes and whoop, whoop, whoop. No. Yep. (laughs) Let's pull up to that daycare. Would love to see it. So. I cannot believe this. Yes. It is still an ongoing investigation. The dad is still, you know, hopeful and looking for them. But. And the five-year-old is what? 13 now going on 14? Wow, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, the five-year-old is literally a 13-year-old at this point. Yeah, you said this is going So he's probably, going on, yeah, going yeah he's in years. middle school or about, to, about to be in to, high school. Girl, he about to, he could be a freshman. He about to touch high school, yeah. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, because I was 12. I turned 13 beginning of my senior year. So he's 13 going on 14. I mean, beginning of my freshman year. So he's, yeah, 13 going on 14. He in high school shit. So... Yeah, that's that's it. But what what do you think? Do you think that they're missing still, that she gave them to somebody or that she killed them? Okay, so here's my qual- my disposition with saying she killed them. I'm trying to believe just like <laughs> just like the family members was. I really yeah. want to, but I also I I I don't just believe that she was smart enough to carry out something. I know she was smart enough. The fact that she was waiting at that bus stop for the 5-year-old told me everything I needed to know about where her mind was at. Because at that point, it had been over 24 hours she was carrying out this plan that day. Which means she pre-planned it as well. That's why I was asking how they looked through her phone, how they looked through emails. But the fact that there are witnesses saying she had somebody in her car. I think she did something with child trafficking. For what she would have needed the money for, I am not sure. Yeah. I am not sure at all. But for her, for them to also say she wanted to give her, her mom to say she would have never harmed her kids. She would have given them a better life. I don't know who that man was she could have been hanging out with that convinced her that or she could have been convinced that he would have gave them a better life. But there, it's it's giving I sold my children to me. 
for some reason. It could have been a trade-off. It could have been something. And for the mental state that she was in, she could have been convincing herself of anything in her own head that her kids belonged with that person or somebody else. Mm -hmm. But the fact that people didn't see them in the back, it was like... And also, I feel like from the... For her to... Just thinking about how she lied about them going to a daycare up until the point where she ran out of the Chick-fil-A. I don't think she killed them because I feel like she would have broke by now. I'm like, you crumbled in less than half a day with the kids just missing. And I'm like, I feel like she would have broke by now. Would she, would, would she have broke to police? I don't really know. But at that point when she didn't get what she wanted, I would assume by now she would have said something if she really did kill them. Yeah. But also thinking about motive, what would have been her premise for killing them other than her being mentally unstable. Because I feel like she also would have had a mental break and she ain't had one. If you really want to look at it, she ain't had a mental break mm-hmm. at all. But I'm like, honestly, that could have been the motive that she was mentally ill. Or, you know, like, and I'm like, I think one of the symptoms of of her um, of her illness is also like being um, delusional and making up scenarios and stuff. So honestly, she could have really made something up in her head where she was like, oh, we're going to go play now. But the thing She returned is, twice, though. Her returning twice is just big to me. So I feel yeah. like if you would have did this, you wouldn't have... Well, she didn't return by her own will the second time. Mm-hmm. She um she was caught. But her yeah. coming back after she did what she did to Jacob and then taking... No, I, I am right. Excuse me. Her did what she, she did to Jacob and came back and then did what she did to Sarah and came back the next morning and had a lie prepared. It was like... You're returning back. So you've convinced yourself that whatever you did, you were in your right mind to do. And I just don't think that's killing. But also, we would have known by now if she had blood under her nails, if there was any blood found in the car, anything of that nature. You have to realize we have no evidence of where those kids are. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because they're alive. <laughs> yeah. They were the at least alive when they went missing. In the area. No, like, she was gone within less than a mile. Like two blocks, bro. Like she was two blocks away. Like that's that's just beyond me. So the fact that she was in that vicinity, then they didn't have any blood trace of anything. And that could be that could be based on the the type of way they were killed. If they were killed, they could have been drugged. They could have been strangled. They could have been whatever. There's no trace of none of that, though. We ain't, you ain't hear no police report about dirt under her nails, any struggle, any scratch mm-hmm. marks, anything of that nature. We have nothing. We have nothing. What I do want to know is if they did a if they if they searched the car and found any blonde hair. From Mr. Blah Man. Yeah. Yeah, at first I was like, oh, she killed them kids, you know? But the more evidence that I, I looked in it, I looked into and like just really looking at it from, you know, a, a crime junkie's eye and just making like total sense of it. I think either she hired somebody to kill them kids and they killed them far away or she sold them kids off to somebody. I don't think it was any specific reason outside of the, the fact that she was schizophrenic. I don't I don't think that there was any like true motive, if I'm being honest. I think, you know, maybe she had a mental break and she was like in another world. Hmm. Okay. I'm just thinking about how competent she's staying now in comparing it to But they those said that times. she's still and crazy. Like, and I don't. But, I mean, she playing crazy. She ain't playing crazy when she talked to her psychiatrist, but she playing crazy when she talked to whoever the doctors that she has to do the assessments with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she she probably sold them babies 
or got somebody to do her her dirty work for her. But I think she sold them. That's my that's my final theory. I think she sold them. I think they were okay. alive when they left her care. I really yeah. do. So yeah, so sorry, Troy. This is awful. And he's still in the area um, from my findings as well. So he's local. Um, but yeah, that was you find story. him on Facebook. Lucky, I probably could. Yeah. So that was the story of Catherine Hoggle and her two missing children, Jacob and Sarah. And this has been another episode of The Point of No Return. <laughs> <laughs> this is Michelle A. Graham. <laughs> and I'm Amanda Washington. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Don't forget to follow us, like, and subscribe. All of that great things. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts, as well as Anchor. Um, so we look forward to seeing you guys next week. But until next time, see ya.